You know, when it comes to marriage, we all kind of have dreams and fantasies of what it will be like, expectations of, of what our marriage are going to look like and feel like, and, and oftentimes they can be kind of crazy. I mean, for, for many ladies, I know this is kind of stereotypical, but you know, we, we dream and we fantasize of having that perfect wedding day with the perfect white dress and the perfect groom. And then we grow on in marriage and we buy that perfect house with the white picket fence and we grow happily ever after. And the truth is, guys, probably for us, our dreams and our fantasies of marriage probably look quite different. You know what I'm talking about? Because us as guys, we have a tendency to be kind of pigs, and our dream and our fantasy of marriage was like, oh, I hope I can have sex whenever I want. And probably for the vast majority of us, we're honestly still dreaming, right? Dreaming and hoping that our marriage will get to what we thought it would be. But the truth is, when it comes to marriage, our expectations of what we hope marriage will be fall way short of what it actually is. Isn't that where the tension comes in, the frustration? Because we have all these great ideas of what marriage is gonna be like and those ideas, those dreams, those fantasies, they crash into what our reality of what our marriage actually is. And it causes us to, at some level, be hopeless and wanting more. And, and maybe that's why the statistics are what they are. Did you know that around 50% of, of all marriages fail and in divorce are broken and divided? Now, maybe for a second, that's just such a statistic in our culture and our society that we have heard so much that it doesn't really bother us anymore. But that, that statistic, that, that half of all marriages will fail, will end in divorce as Christ followers should send shockwaves down our, our spine and our hearts and our heads. Because if you took that stat and you put it in a different context, I think we'd do something about it. Right, let, let's just do that for a second. Let's just say there was a stat in our culture. I'm gonna make this up, it isn't real, but let's say there's a stat in our culture that said half of all children, 50% of all children who ride in cars will die by an accident. Now, if that was true in our society as parents, wouldn't we do everything we could to protect our children? I mean, you would see kids with helmets and bodysuits on, parents interviewing school bus drivers, and maybe parents wouldn't let anybody drive their children. In fact, we might get rid of cars altogether. Why? Because we would protect our children at all costs. But yet 50% of marriages are failing, and I just don't think we protect them all that often. And why is that? Because I think for, for most people, we make the promises on that wedding day. We look our spouses in the eye and we say, I will and I do. Most people make the promises, but they don't protect them. They're not willing to fight and put in the energy and the hard work to protect the covenants that they made on that special day. And that's why we're starting this series called Protecting the Promises. And for the next four weeks, we're gonna have this conversation about marriage, where we talk about the promises we make and how we can protect them. And maybe you're listening and, and you're single. 
and you're just kind of saying, okay, I'm just going to check out for the next four weeks because I'm not married. This series isn't for me. And as a single person, I would challenge you in this series, this will actually prepare you and pave the way for a healthy future marriage. It will set you up for your future. And so I would encourage you to engage a little bit more to dive in because I'll speak directly to you in this series. And maybe, you know, your marriage is really healthy right now, or it's kind of on the fritz. This marriage, this marriage series is really for everyone. And maybe you have questions, right, in, in your marriage right now, or as you prepare in the dating game for marriage, or you're in the midst of marriage right now, and you have questions about marriage, and you'd love for Ashley and I to answer them. Here's what I challenge you to do. Any questions that you have, text the number on our screen. Write that number down, and all throughout this series, as you think of questions, man, text us. Let us know. We'll put them in a document, and in week four of this series, Ashley and I are going to sit down and answer your questions. And listen, our marriage isn't perfect by any means, but if we can help you, we would love to do that. And so as we begin, I'd encourage you to grab your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 2 throughout the series, looking at a couple verses where God speaks to the very first marriage. And as we look at promises that we make in marriage, the first one that we're going to dive into is the promise of priority. The promise of putting your priorities in marriage and in relationships in the right place. Because priority is all about what is most valuable to you. Things that come in the right order. And here's what's interesting about marriage, is in our culture and our society, we have just been, it's been ingrained in our DNA, this phrase, right? If you're dating or you have dated, you're married, you've probably heard this phrase, right? I'm just looking for the one. You know, we teach our our little girls that every little princess needs a a prince charming. We've heard couples who are dating, you know, say things like this, oh, I think she's the one. She listens to me. She's kind and sweet. Oh, I, I think he's the one. He's passionate and driven, and he loves being around me. I think I might have met the one. And this saying This phrase makes for really good romantic comedies, for the entertainment business. But the problem with searching for your one is we were never designed to find our one in any human relationship. And what we have to understand about relationships and marriage is that God needs to be your one and your spouse needs to be your two. This is really clear in the Bible. God doesn't make this hazy or fuzzy. He makes it very crystal clear. In fact, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is asked this really important question. Hey, what's the greatest command in in, in all the law? And Jesus answers it like this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And so what Jesus does for us here is he makes it really crystal clear in all of our relationships. Whether you're single or married today, the most important relationship that you will ever encounter is your relationship with God. He has to be the priority. And what Jesus says in this passage is he says, God comes first, then people come next. That's the chain of priority in relationships. God is always the priority. God is always first, and then people come 
next. And this actually pans out in your life based off of where you are. Let me speak to all the single people today. You're listening and you're single and you're ready to mingle. You're looking for that person you're gonna spend forever with. In fact, if you're chatting right now, you might wanna let the people know you're single. Hey, you never know how that will work out for you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually just kidding. But you're single and, and you're in the dating game and here's what I think is so valuable to you. You see, when you live in a biblical manner and you put God as the priority, I would challenge you as a single person to live in this mentality. As you date, say this, I will seek the one when searching for my two. You see, what you're saying as a single individual is, hey, I'm gonna pursue Jesus in my relationship with him just as much as I'm gonna pursue the person I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with. And here's how this mentality impacts your life. Here's the implications of it. If you pursue God as much as you pursue the person you're dating, what will happen is your relationship with God will actually change who you date and how you date. It will change the person you run after and the person you let go. It will change the people you interact with in the dating relationships that you have. Because you have to live in this manner in a godly way to say, God, I'm going to pursue you while I pursue my number two. Now today, let's say you're married. You're in the midst of a marriage relationship, whether it's really healthy or really struggling right now. I think all of us living in the context of marriage need to make this promise to our spouses, need to make this promise to to God, because this is the, the promise of priority. It's this, I promise God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. Now there's really two important pieces to this promise. The first one is you choosing as an individual. Even though you're living in the context of a marriage, you as an individual are choosing to say, hey, above my spouse, God will always be my priority. My relationship with God matters more than my relationship with my spouse. God will always be my number one. But then secondarily, my spouse, my wife, or my husband is the most important human relationship that I have. My spouse comes before anybody else, my children, my mother-in-law, my father, my, my sisters, my brothers, my best friends. My spouse is my number two. And this is actually a biblical concept. Actually, in Genesis chapter two, God teaches the people in the first marriage what this looks like. Just to set the scene for you, in Genesis chapter one, God creates the world. He creates all that's in it. He creates man in his own image. And he looks down at Adam and he says one of the most impactful things for all of us as men. This is like something if you're a guy, you should underline in your Bible. God looks down at at Adam and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. Like spirit fingers, like thank you, Jesus. Praise God, hallelujah, right? Can all the men just say amen, right? So God sees man is alone and he creates Eve. And in Genesis 2, we have the very first marriage. And look what God teaches them about priority. Genesis 2, 24, he says, This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. You've probably heard this verse if you've ever been to a wedding often taught at a wedding. And what I love about this verse is God teaches the first marriage and all of us in marriage 
this idea of priority. Because he says this, he says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother. You see, what he's teaching them is the, the actual Hebrew word, root, root word for leaves is the word azah, and what it means is to relinquish or loosen. And God says to Adam and Eve, here's what happens when you get married. You leave the priority, you relinquish or loosen the priority on your parents, your mom and your dad. You leave that family and you put the priority now on your spouse. You're creating a new family and now your spouse is your priority. God is always in his rightful places, number one, but now the priority from a human perspective lands with your spouse. This is what he teaches them in Genesis. But here's, here's where problems arise in our marriages. Because when you think about this, God is number one and our spouse is number two, here's where a lot of our problems happen is one of two things. The first thing is we take God as number one and we remove him. We, we take God and we remove him and we often shift our spouse into that rightful number one spot. We, we put our spouse in the place that God deserves and here's how it pans out. We, we first, we idolize them, right? This, this happens in, in marriage very, from the very beginning, like new love. We, we say things like that, uh, this, I, I just love her. She, she, she gets me. She's kind, she's sweet. She always wants to be around me. Maybe ladies, you, you say, man, I just love his passion. I love how driven he is, that he's a go-getter. And, and we idolize them and we idolize them so much that we actually remove God from the number one position and we put our spouse there. But what's interesting about the very things that we idolized about them in our marriage, over the course of time, year after year in and, and, and marriage, what we idolize them for, we often end up demonizing them. Because we used to say, man, I love her because she's kind and gentle and she always wants to be around me. But over the course of years, now we say things like, man, she just won't give me space. She's needy. I just need some time alone. We say things like he was so driven and passionate about. He loved his work, but now all he does is work and he doesn't care about me or the kids. And here's the problem with taking God out of the, his rightful place in the priority chain as number one and replacing him with your spouse. What you're doing is you're asking your spouse to meet a need they were never designed to meet. This is, a, this is where a lot of problems happen in marriage, a lot of frustration. Because what happens is when you ask your spouse to fill voids in your life that only God can, you end up getting frustrated with them because they're not meeting your needs and they are exhausted and tired from trying to be something they can't be. It's this cyclical problem. And you fail to realize that there are just certain things, voids and needs in your life that only God can meet. And that's why he's supposed to be the priority. And if you're single today, and you think a relationship or a marriage will fill a void that you have right now, you are searching in the wrong place. That's why God should be our priority. But the second way we bring problems into our relationship is we actually leave God in his rightful place as number one, but we take our spouse as number two, and we replace them with something else. This often happens in relationships and marriages when children come along. 
Mom or dad shift their spouse to number two, to three, and kids come along, or work comes in the way. I mean, this is very easy, this happens very easily in marriage. I mean, Ashley and I are so guilty of this. I'm telling you, in the midst of COVID and everything that's going on, it was really easy for me to shift my focus and put my priority on work and church over my spouse. And oftentimes my wife will shift into the kids' needs and their desires and their wants and put them in the number two spot rather than three. And here's what that does in a marriage. It creates this thing called jealousy. And here's what's interesting about jealousy is jealousy often gets a bad rap right? If you're called a jealous person, it's usually in a negative connotation. But the truth is, is jealous, jealousy can actually be a very righteous thing. This is why God is described as a jealous God. Because when you remove God from the priority, he becomes jealous for your affection. He becomes jealous for his rightful place. And in a marriage, it works the same way. When a spouse gets replaced by kids or work, they long and they become jealous for their rightful place that God has given them. And here's what we have to understand about marriage is good things in the wrong priority can ruin a marriage. It's so interesting that we think in, in the context of, of living with somebody else in a marriage that it's really awful and bad things like affairs that devastate marriages, and that is true. But in many marriages, it's usually good things in the wrong place in the priority list that do a lot of damage in marriage. And so the question is, how do we win? You know, maybe you're, you're, you're listening and maybe your marriage is struggling right now. Maybe you're fighting and you're trying to hold on, but it's hard. Or maybe you're listening today and you feel like you, you've never been at the, the best, you're at the best place you've ever been. And it doesn't matter where you are in, in, in the chain of marriage and the spectrum of marriage. Here's what I would challenge all of us to do. This is a powerful reminder or something that steps we need to take right now is we need to learn to protect the priorities. We have to protect that God always comes first and our spouse comes second. And if you're single today, you're single, the best thing you can do as you prepare to date, as you live in the dating world, is to live this out. Because when you choose to make God your priority, as you seek your one just as much as you seek and search for your number two, it will pave the way, it will prepare you and set you up for a future successful marriage. But maybe you're married today. What does it look like to protect the priorities? What does that mean? And I wanna give you two things that I think we all should do in the context of marriage. The first one is I think we should put God above everything else. We, we choose to put God in his rightful place as the priority. And I get it, right? This is the most cliche answer in the church world, right? If you've ever gone to Sunday school or life group or small group, right? Like the answer is always Jesus or God to the question. And I know maybe you are looking for something deeper, something you know, new and fresh that will change your marriage. But the reality is this might be cliche, but if you actually live it out, I promise you, it will change your marriage and your life today. In fact, I would almost guarantee that maybe if you're struggling today, your marriage is struggling, I would bet the root cause of your struggle, I would almost guarantee it, is God is not in his rightful place. 
He's not the priority in your life or in your marriage. And we have to learn to make him the most important relationship above any other relationship. You want your marriage to grow today? Seek Jesus as an individual and as a family. You want your marriage to grow today? Serve God and his church together. You want to see your marriage grow? Pray together. Read your Bibles together as a couple. Put God in his rightful place. So we start by making God the priority, our number one, but secondarily, we put your spouse, you put your spouse above every other human. This is where it gets hard. And this is where I probably step on some toes. Because many of us, we've replaced our spouse with our children. The number two in in our relationships is our kids or our work or our phones. And one thing that I think as, as parents in a marriage is we have to teach our kids the reality that mom or dad comes first. This is something that Ashley and I always teach our kids. We say it out loud in our family, directly to our kids, mommy and daddy comes first. Daddy or mommy gets a little extra special kiss than our kids get. We don't go into details, but you get the picture. And and, and the truth is, is we have to teach our kids this. Let me tell you something today. If, If you wanna set your kids up for success, Set an example of what a godly marriage looks like. Show them what it looks like to be a husband and a wife that puts God first and then their spouse second. The best thing that you can give your kids is an example of that. It's the truth because your kids need to know that mommy and daddy come first. Here's why. Because you stood before God to your spouse and you promised till death do us part. You didn't say that to your kids. Your kids are temporary. You might get 18 to 20 years with them and then they'll leave. Unless they're a millennial, you'll get a little extra time with them. But we have to protect the priorities. God has to come first and our spouse has to come second. And just to give you a window into my marriage and with my wife, I wanted to share with you how Ashley and I do this, not through my voice, but through her voice. Check this out. I feel like God being the priority impacts our marriage in such a good way because Drew and I both have a relationship with the Lord. And so I feel like trust is the biggest thing with women after the wedding day. Like, will I trust him? How can I move forward and trust? Trust him with our kids. And by knowing that Drew has a relationship with the Lord and by knowing that I'm seeking the Lord, I know at the end of the day that I can rest in trusting him as my spouse. So for me personally in our marriage, keeping God the priority for me looks like setting my alarm really, really early in the morning and having my own time with the Lord. That sets the stage for the rest of my day. And it's night and day when I don't, when I hit snooze and sleep in. And I feel like I've told the story before, but um, my, my average day with the Lord, like morning quiet time is like, I have to get into a tiny little room that doesn't have any distractions as a, as a wife and as a mom and as a person. So I actually do my quiet time in our bathroom. Um, and that sets, um, 
the context for the rest of the day because I'm having my time with the Lord and asking for forgiveness and asking for grace and strength to fight whatever that day has to offer. So Drew and I keep God a priority together through kind of a mental checklist we had made together before we got married. And that included church was always on the docket. It was never an option to not be involved in church, serving in church, um, Bible studies, seeking out friends that we could rely on as um, influencers in our life, godly influencers, um, tithing every, every time, every Sunday, no matter what our finances looked like, giving back to the Lord um, and through raising our kids. These were all things that we had talked about and strive to do every single day. You know, as many of you know, I am one lucky guy because I have a beautiful bride who serves alongside of me. And I want to say publicly that, baby, I love you. And I'm very thankful and honored to do marriage with you. I know it's not always perfect. There's been some rough patches. But man, do I love you. And I'm thankful that God gave you me, that God gave you us together. And I just want you to know how thankful and how much I appreciate you and our marriage. Priorities matter. They do. Putting things in the right place can have a dramatic effect on your marriage today. And here, here's the truth. All I did today was teach you some biblical truths. That's my job as a pastor, is to help you understand God's word, to lead you to the Bible and what it says in every context, in every conversation. And today, I just taught you what the Bible says, what God says about marriage. These aren't my ideas. These are God's. Put him first and your spouse second. And here's where it gets really hard. Because we know what to do. Now we have to do it. You see, these truths, hearing them... <laughs> It won't change anything in your marriage. It won't. I mean, you can play this message on repeat for the rest of the year, and if you don't apply it to your lives, nothing will change in your marriage. If you don't make the conscious choice to say today, I'm gonna get my priorities in the right place. God, you will be the most important relationship. I'll pursue you, I'll chase you down, I'll read my Bible, I'll spend time with you first and foremost, and then I will pursue and chase after my spouse. You're just gonna live in the same lifestyle that you've been living. Knowledge without application is absolutely nothing. And so as we wind down, I, I really want to speak directly to the husbands listening, to the men. And I want to ask you a question. Let's say you're in your home and someone breaks in and comes after your family, your kids, and your spouse. Would you stand up and would you fight? If you're anything like me, I'm a really even-keeled guy. You know, I, I don't get angry that easily. You can ask my wife. But there's one way that I've experienced a rage that at some level is uncontrollable in me is when you mess with my kids or you mess with my bride. 
It, it will take more than a couple bullets to stop me from protecting them. And guys, the enemy is coming after your wife and your marriage and your kids to jack up your family, to destroy your family. And my question is for you today, will you rise up and will you fight? God has designed you to be a protector, a fighter, to watch over, to lead your families. And what that looks like for us as men is means we set the tone spiritually. We give God our first and our spouses secondly. Look what Jesus says to us, Ephesians chapter five. He says, husbands, Men, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What does that mean for us as men? Well, first and foremost, it means we put God first. Men, you set the tone spiritually in your family. What that means is when we are gathering as a church, you bring your family. When we're online or on television or on an app, you bring your family and you say, we're watching church. You spend time in God's word. You show your wife, you show your kids what it looks like to be a godly man, to, to walk with God. You start there and you make God the priority. But secondarily, your wife comes second. She's the most important individual from a human perspective in your life. And so what that means is you spend time with her. You sit down and you converse and talk with her. You have date nights. I get it. It's weird, right? Like you can't go to a restaurant. Okay, I get it. But here, here's what happens. If you're lazy, you make an excuse. If you love her, you'll make a way. And so maybe if that means you give the kids just a little bit of Benadryl, I I'm just kidding, but you put them to bed early and you spend time with her. Maybe you light some candles and make her dinner. Maybe you get a bubble bath going. Maybe you put some music on and you dance the night away. I don't care what you do, but you make her a priority. Some of you in marriage, You've had kid for, kids for nine years, 10 years, five years, and you've never just gotten away. Why? Because they've become number two. Some of you, you can't get away because your work is more important to you than your marriage. And it's time to protect the priorities. Protect your relationship with God and to protect your marriage and your spouse. And when you live that way, when you live with God number one and you live with your spouse number two, what you do is you build a biblical and a godly foundation that will set your marriage up for success. So let me pray for you. God, thank you for marriage and it's a gift. Help us, God, to protect the priorities, to watch over our marriages, to fight even when we're tired and weary. Give us the strength to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, maybe you're here and you're listening and this sounds great, right? God the priority, but you don't even know what that means because you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God's been pursuing you. He's been drawing you to himself. That's why you're watching our services and maybe you're here today and, and you want to make God the priority. And I believe 
Marriage, the health of a marriage starts when you choose to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Where you give him the keys and you say, God, forgive me of my past mistakes and my sin. And you forgive me and you lead my life. You lead my marriage. You lead my family. And you just give him the keys to your life. Surrender your heart to him. And if you want to do that today or you have questions about that, here's what I'd encourage you to do. Grab your phone right now and text TRUST to the number on the screen, 585-210-8564. There's a person waiting to answer your questions, to lead you, to show you what it looks like to make God the priority, not only in your marriage, but in your life personally. So again, we wanna thank you for joining us today. And if you have questions or you just wanna connect with a real person, someone on our staff or a volunteer, Man, grab your phone. We're here for you. Text CONNECT to that same number, to 585-210-8564. We want to be there for you. We want to care for you. We want to answer any questions that you might have. And, you know, as we've been in this COVID, you know, service idea, we've tried to take steps to reach our community. And what that looks like is we've put our services on television. We've put them on apps like Roku. So as many people can experience what God is doing here at Northridge Church. And the way we've been able to do that is through the generosity of the people who call Northridge Church home. And if this ministry has impacted you in any way, I would ask you to consider partnering with us. And an easy way to do that is if you would just text Northridge to 77977. The only reason we exist the only reason we can care for our community and love people is because of the generosity of so many people just like you. So thank you for your generosity. We're gonna continue this series next week as we dive deeper into what marriage looks like God's way. We hope you have a fantastic Saturday night or Sunday. We love you. Have a great day.